Hello and welcome to Here We Go Again. This is the show where we look at Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia Here We Go Again. Again and again and again. This is our seventh watch of Mamma Mia Here We Go Again. This is week 14 of this thing we're doing. Uh, Good news, another soon-to-be future Taskmaster contestant... (laughs) Not soon to be future Taskmaster <laughs> contestant. A, n- a current future Taskmaster contestant, soon to be former Taskmaster contestant, uh, knows about our podcast now, so that's good. Uh, Guy Montgomery, we're coming for you. He's he's next. Uh, we've already been featured on his show. I'm not sure about Mike Wozniak, though. Mm, we'll see. Our, our po- podcasting brother who keeps us under the stairs and feeds us a bucket of fish heads every week. Even though it should be the other way around. We were here first, Mikey... <laughs> Michael. What did you think of Mommy this week? God, I'll tell you what. It was really nice. Okay, it was very good. good. I had a wonderful time. How about you, Butch? It was very nice. It was very good. There's a like it's actually a secret remake of several things I've discovered. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. It was also the extended cut that we watched this week. Yeah, uh, the... self made extended cut. Thank you. The butch cut, if you will. Yeah. Uh, less uh, jarring, less jarring, and like less, less extra, edging. Yeah, less edging and uh, <laughs> less uh, extra content. I feel in this extended cut. I feel like there was yeah. a lot more last week. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I don't know. Should we just crack on with the fucking the fuckity fuck fuck note? Well, I I don't have that many notes really, but uh, I think the few that I do have possibly could could be delved into in, in weeks to come. Okay, okay. So, first thing this is a remake of, uh, and this is something that I've uh, I, I've talked to you about uh, during the film, at least somewhat. Okay. Which is, you kept saying, like, uh, you said at some point when uh, when uh, Ruby uh, says, I've decided to commit to being a grandmother, and Sophie says 25 years too late, and you said, this must only take place five years after the first film then. Yeah. Except I have a theory that uh, not only does the beginning of this film take place sometime, quite sometime after the first film, but that the present day of this film, uh, the present day plot section takes place over a very long time. Okay. Specifically about 15 years. Are you about wait? Is, are you going into old boy territory I'm going with into this? Old boy territory <laughs> with this. You see, Sky is locked in a hotel room. <laughs> He's unable to leave, uh, and Sophie's constantly wondering where's Sky. When's he coming back? It's because he's been locked in the hotel room from old boy. Oh god! <laughs> and that also explains. That, that you know, because obviously we've established before that there are some interesting relationship dynamics <sighs> going on between them. Fuck's sake! So yeah, that's the first film. This is a remake of. It's okay. a remake of Old Boy. Great, great. <laughs> I've never felt better. Oh fuck's sake! Uh, Old Boy, good film. You should uh, also all go watch it. It's very good. Good film, not to my liking, but. Uh, secondly, I noticed there's a poster for a film called FM in uh, Donna's. Uh, Oxford Room. Okay. Which uh, isn't a film I've seen, but it's, it's one I've heard of, so, but I'm, I, I'd never noticed that poster before, so I'm going to have to give that a big old right. track down now. Fair enough. Uh, next, uh, this sub guy asked during the film, why was uh, Sky's framed picture of Sophie just on his bed? <laughs> I have... I mean, my... I, I... You know, you asked me that, 
And my initial reaction was, it's probably a wormhole. There's probably a wormhole on his pillow that opens up at the moment when... when no, sorry. A wormhole on Sophie's pillow. And the moment that she throws the picture frame, it gets sucked through and sent to New York. But it, it, it is odd that uh, Sky would just see this mystery photo frame and just like, put an X to his bed. Mm. 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 Uh, and I also think there's a lot of wormholes in that scene. Actually, explains all the the mirror shots where they're stood next to each other. Maybe there's a wormhole there and they could see each other, but they're not uh, able to put themselves through. Either that, or I found another connection to Grant Morrison's run of Animal Man. Jesus Christ. There's a villain in Grant Morrison's run of Animal Man called the Mirror Master, who's a recurring villain across DC Comics, mainly in The Flash. But uh, the iteration of Mirror Master that appears in Animal Man is a Scottish guy called, I think, uh, Evan McCulloch. And he's just like a like a very rough Glaswegian dude who just causes havoc by appearing in people's mirrors and like can travel to pretty much any mirror in the world just by dipping in and out. So maybe Sky is a, a different iteration of Mirror Master, maybe a descendant. Right up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, they mentioned Wicked Witch of the West. There's a big storm that changes the events of this film. Oh. Is this a remake of The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because I was, I've was i been reading Lynch on Lynch and the bit that I was reading today was about how wild at heart is David Lynch's like Wizard of Oz. I just love that. I haven't actually seen Wild at Heart, but I'm aware there's lots of uh, Wizard of Oz references and it's kind of a big thematic mm. yoke in it. Um... God, that is good. That it really. And, uh, I've got a. Uh, I've got further evidence here. You take Wizard of Oz and you put a, you know, the letters into an anagram. You get. <laughs> you get Donna. Donna. Oh God, does that mean by extension this is also a remake of Zardos? You're damn right oh, it is. Oh, is that what you mentioned, Sean Connery? Sean we Connery, eat your knob off. <laughs> um, God, I'm trying to think. Are there any other? Wizard of Oz references, uh, possibly. Just saying, Calicari is obviously the the vortex where the Eternals live. Okay, uh, yeah. The I guess the fairy would be the 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 stone head that transports them in and out of the vortex. And then you've got the fishermen on the outskirt <laughs> who are like the brutals who are just you know working for, mm. for a living, you know, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I I think it all it all fits pretty well, and then. Cher comes in and introduces the concept of death. <laughs> <laughs> and that ends the movie. That they all they die. Yeah, they easily. all they all choose to die. Ah, beautiful. So beautiful. yeah, this movie is Zardoz. I was actually thinking earlier, uh I'd I'd love to rewatch Zardoz sometime soon. I don't know why I'm drawn to that movie. I I fucking get you. It's a movie I watch probably like once a year yeah. for some reason, and I don't know why. It's so intriguing, so wrong-headed, so bodged together, and just so strange. And filmed in Ireland, which is always nice, mm. and uh, funded partially by the IRA, <laughs> which is well guns provided yeah. by the IRA. <laughs> oh dear God! Yeah, strange movie. Anyways, anyway, my last note is uh, that uh, there's actually a other than Richard Curtis's name, there is a strange tie between 
uh, Mamma Mia and a film that we looked at last year. <laughs> okay. Uh, which is a film that we looked at last year kind of features an ABBA song. Uh, that film, of course, being The Hangover Part 2. Uh, <laughs> which I suppose it's only Benny and Bjorn. Uh, but it features the song One Night in Bangkok uh, from the musical Chess. <laughs> oh, God. I want The Hangover 2 out of my life as soon as possible. Anytime it's brought up in conversation, which is surprisingly frequently. <laughs> it's like that fucking... It's like Law of Attractions, isn't it? I feel like any time that we... I mean, I know there's just psychological explanations for like... Uh, like it's like it's something to do with confirmation bias and immediacy bias. Like if you're, if you have something at the front of your consciousness, you're gonna start noticing it more and more. But I feel like The Hangover Two is something that shouldn't come up as often as it does <laughs> in my fucking life. Seeing as it's a movie, I abhor with all my being, uh, and anything that Todd Phillips touches, I pretty much abhor with. Every hey, that fiber. Gigi Allen documentary was okay. I'm dying to see that, to be fair. I've got a copy of it. It's only, like, 40 minutes long. We could totally watch we it, dude. We could totally watch it. Um, yeah, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, fuck The Hangover 2. I hate how uh, prominent it is in my life these days, especially over the last two years. What a dreadful, dreadful piece of art, and I hate that ABBA are anyway associated with it. But it's got Mike Tyson singing a <laughs> song about chess. <laughs> oh God, mate! No, I was gonna say maybe we should rewatch The Hangover too, but no, I don't no, wanna. No, definitely not. It doesn't have that element of curiosity. That's like the a... Gigi Allen documentary is less hate-filled and abhorrent than The Hangover Part Two. No, that, that and like that is a testament to Gigi Allen's life. <laughs> not as bad to... as The Hangover Part Two. Yeah. Anyways, um, I'll, I guess I'll dip into my notes, seeing as we are done with yours. Um, so at the start, you paused so that we could have a look at uh, Bill's address. Yes. And it's a, the address of his publishing company, mm. which is Liliquist uh, Publishing. Mm. Uh, I looked up what Liliquist is. It's a membrane uh, that separates parts of the brain. There's not even I couldn't even find a Wikipedia page for it. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Liliquist Publishing doesn't exist uh, for anyone curious. But if you look up Liliquist, you get like... Uh, I guess medical scholarly fucking articles about uh about the Liliquist membrane, which is wild. Uh, any doctors out there, feel free to actually. Mike Wozniak used to be a doctor. Get in touch, Mike. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a David Bowie poster in Donna's room that we get to see j- during one of the deleted seeds. Uh, the d- deleted song, as a matter of fact. Mm, there are qu- quite a few extended and deleted songs in this cut. Mm. Uh, what was the song that plays in that instead of the, in lieu of the it's instrumental? It's I Wonder, parentheses, Departure. I Wonder, Departure really changes the tone of Donna, you know, taking out uh, onto the world to go explore and yada, yada, yada. Mm. It changes it from like a kind of, woohoo, this is an adventure scene to a goodbye, friends. I love you. Hopefully we meet again. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I've written this. Um, perhaps you can explain. I feel like I might have said it out loud. Burgeoning rat conflict. <laughs> yeah. 
We did talk at length about why does Sky want to live in New York rather than Calicari? Oh, that's it. Wait, I don't know why I said rat conflict. (laughs) I meant to say burgeoning rat scene. There's a huge rat scene in New York, and that's why Sky wants to stay there. Isn't Uh, Rat Scene a song by Dolly Parton? (laughs) Rat scene, rat scene. (laughs) Oh, Dolly, play those nails till the cows come home. Um, I... I've already mentioned the picture frame wormhole. I've already mentioned the mirror wormhole. I've already mentioned Animal Man, Mirror Master. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, before we have been mistaken and said that the piano player in the Waterloo <laughs> scene is Benny from ABBA, as if. It's clearly Billy Joel. <laughs> it's clearly Billy Joel or Uh-oh. the Shadow Man from Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Oh my gosh! <laughs> How have we not put two and two together? It's the same piano player from the scene where Paul Blark gets attacked by that fucking peak. Is it a peacock? No, it's like an African bird of some sort. Yeah, the the Garden of Tranquility. <laughs> you know, it's the scene where uh, it's it's just as uh, brain damage starts playing. Mm-hmm. On uh, da- was it uh, Blart side of the mall? Blart side of the mall. Yeah, br- that's the only way to watch the film, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> A genuinely fucking brilliant. Oh, it's uh, fucking hell. I know yeah, we've definitely it's... mentioned this before, but I'll never get over the uh, time uh, break. Yeah. Oh, no, money, sorry, money. Yeah, the, money. And uh, the fucking gun. Yeah. It's incredible. That's fuck- and when he fucking headbutts him as uh, as as brain damage is playing the second time. Yeah. Uh, it's just so fucking Anyone brilliant. that doesn't have a clue what we're talking about, go Go look listen up- to the better podcast. Yeah, go listen to the worst idea of all time and look into Blart side of the mall. Oh, it's 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 a separate podcast. It's uh, oh, Till Death Do Us Blart. Till Death Do Us Blart. Excellent podcast. There's only like five episodes. You could binge it in a day. Yeah. And they only release one episode a year. Yeah, and it's brilliant. It's always so yeah, brilliant. Every American Thanksgiving, I end up rewatching Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 in <laughs> solidarity. <laughs> I feel like it's a, a sort of Stockholm Syndrome that I've started kind of enjoying it. <laughs> God damn. Uh, my next note, again, for the Waterloo scene. Never noticed that the uh, concierge, I guess you call him, or the maitre d' of the restaurant... Mm. That like that's not his Napoleon hat. The hat's originally on a statue, and then yeah. between shots, he just kind of swipes it, and Ooh. then passes it around between uh, numerous people. And my only thought is, I hope no one has nits, uh, because that would be an absolute disaster for all these adults to have nits. When was the last time you heard of an adult getting nits? Uh, too recently. That's fucked up. Yeah, too recently. Not like I uh, yeah, a few years, but still too recently. Um, People should just get vaccinated against him. <laughs> uh, Waterloo is a song about, I know we've mentioned this before, and ABBA have lots of songs about this subject, IBS. Uh, <laughs> it's... <laughs> uh, in fact, the song was originally called Water Poo, uh, and not, not many people know this, but uh, Benny Anderson... Uh, suffers with IBS in our opinion in, in my opinion Benny Anderson suffers with IBS and thus a lot of songs by ABBA are actually you know there's multiple meanings and mainly you get to the bottom of it and it's about him shitting his pants we think we, in my opinion etc etc can we get sued for that if we I don't, don't know. state that it's our opinion I'm pretty sure he's got IBS in my opinion um <laughs> I yeah uh, on the note of the piano man possibly being Billy Joel, uh, 
I, I'll show you this. I, I kind of did Billy Joel and then an arrow to the word fire with a question mark. And then uh, an arrow pointed to kisses of fire. Possibly, possibly Lazarus, i.e. Uh, Sophia's son, who we mistakenly called Hector weeks before, could be the piano man's son. Maybe Billy Joel and Sophia had a, a fling. See, there's there's that, but I was also when you said fire, I was immediately thinking it means a hundred fires. Oh fuck! Why didn't I go there? Why oh, not both? And it brings a whole new meaning to you know, like uh, well, we didn't start the fire. D- mm. Hmm. Hmm. Perhaps <laughs> perhaps it Cienfuegos is the piano man's illegitimate son. Perhaps Sinfuegos had a child with Sophia. <laughs> oh god. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna need to come back to that in future weeks. Someone didn't start the fire. The... Just saying kisses of fire, Sinfuegos kisses. Hmm. It's a, clearly a song about Sinfuegos, if yeah. nothing else. We gotta dig deeper on this. We gotta dig deep on uh the fucking the, like this family is spr- like like Genghis Khan spreading their <laughs> genes far and wide. At this rate, it's not going to be safe for them to breed with anyone. I feel like the two biggest like uh, widespread populators of the world are Genghis Khan and the Irish. Okay, Cienfuegos, Genghis Khan, and all of Ireland. The Irish get around. It is true. We're fucking everywhere. It's ridiculous. It's because no one wants to live here. <laughs> no one can. Well, we're here. Anyways, um, we often talk about how much respect we have for people dancing on boats. And while the Dancing Queen uh, sequence is really good and like all those, uh, the choreography is excellent and the focus needed to fucking dance on a moving boat and shit like that. They must be very drunk. <laughs> but... I, what I find more impressive is the um, why did it have to be me mm. scene because it's a smaller boat which is going to rock more because it's going to get thrashed around more mm. and it's only uh, Josh Dillon and Lily James mm. and so all focus is on their thing you know they can't hide behind a crowd of other uh, dancers mm. and hide any mistakes and it's so fucking tight like it's still one of my favourite dance scenes in the whole film just all the little like synchronized footwork yep. and shit like that. So much respect. I, I very impressive. I don't have that kind of fucking, uh, I guess balance or awareness of my body. <laughs> well, you're a, a gangly freak. So like, am I, I a gangly freak? I mean, you're more gangly than I am. What? I'd say you're like I'm taller, but I'd say you're more gangly. Oh, I here I was thinking I was the stubby cunt of the cast. <laughs> Hey, you can be stubby and gangly. Can you? Uh, well, maybe. I don't know. I look at your skinny arms and your skinny legs, and I see. <laughs> I don't know. I see. I see gangly. I see you being an orangutan in a past life, whereas I, I'm more of a. I'm more of a chimpanzee. <laughs> I think actually, now that you mention it, yeah, gangliness and stubbiness can coexist. Case in point: Danny DeVito wearing skinny jeans. <laughs> His legs in skinny jeans are gangly, but the rest of him is so <laughs> stubular. <laughs> like, 
Uh, he's about the size of, uh, of like a, one of those like little things you put on a dashboard of a car, like one of those little bobbleheads. <laughs> I just want to pick him up and take him home. One thing I must do, uh, I must measure my grandmother someday. She's... See if she's bigger or smaller than Danny DeVito. Yeah, but she's very small, as is Danny DeVito. I just, I, I feel like once I have a good gauge of what height she is, I can kind of figure out where I stand opposed to Danny DeVito. <laughs> On the Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito scale. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Um, I misheard a line this week. You know what it is. Uh-oh. I fucked a girl all the way from Paris. <laughs> which is meant to be, I followed a girl all the way from Paris, but my dirty, dirty <laughs> ears. Um, I was studying in Paris and I met her. Hopped on a train. Fucked her to <laughs> Greece. Quite spontaneously. <laughs> uh, you know, to quote uh, Sophia in this film, uh, my ears are frog um i hate you <laughs> this movie is about clog dancing her ears are clearly clogs <laughs> um i okay i've said before what if alexio's like intentions were malicious and this week again i, I kind of got thinking about that what if it was his plan to drown apollonia out of spite and that's because you know he kind of swims out as far as her and one, once they get to each other he very much kind of puts his hands on her shoulders and just dunks down. Well, it's a good thing that Bill's there to save them. I get... Fucking... Like, save Apollonia at the least. Alexio could be a maniac. He's clearly a seagull. <laughs> and we need to discuss, because I brought this up, and I feel like we need to discuss at length, who is the man Apollonia was about to marry? Ugly, fat, big, uh... mole on face, but rich. Hmm. And is it, now, uh, before we dig any deeper, is it but rich, double T? <laughs> is he, like, ass rich? Maybe he's the head of, like, a toilet paper empire. Mm. A toilet paper dynasty of of sorts. Because <laughs> that's where I'm going with it. He's Heir to the toilet paper <laughs> fortune. <laughs> Just like that singer, uh, King Princess. She's Oh, no, she's an heir to Macy's. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Not, not toilet paper. But that... <laughs> <laughs> if there are any toilet paper heirs or heiresses in the audience, please write in. Yes, please. I would love to know what kind of cash you're sitting on with your rich butt. I mean, with COVID, they're probably doing pretty fucking well. Mm. And like, can't make the shit fast enough. <laughs> literally. <laughs> and I do. What? How clean is the butt of someone that is butt rich? You know, what are they wiping with? I mean, a, a swan. No, a goose. <laughs> Goose is what they use. It's kind of, it's like the foie gras of the toilet I roll world. I genuinely heard about this on QI. It's a, I heard it's, it's a quote from someone where it's like, there is no better toilet paper or, or something to clean your posterior than the neck of a goose. Fucking hell. <laughs> That's... How do you do that? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. It's like, are they, are they taking off the head and then the body and then they have... And then do they, like, flatten out the neck? Or is it still, like, a cylinder of goose? If you are the heir or heiress <laughs> of a gooseneck company, please write in. Let us know how you use your goosenecks to wipe your ass. What's what's your theory on ugly butt rich? Uh, ugly butt rich. <laughs> right. Uh, 
I mean, for some reason, I mean, you got him, who's like a pretty burly dude. Uh-huh. He's like, he's out of her, she's out of his league, like, clearly. I think it's fair to say she's an attractive young woman. Mm-hmm. He's ugly, fat, big mo- I mean, he's not that ugly. No, he's not. He's not as ugly as, Alexio's he's, clearly a bit jealous. He's like, he's cinema ugly. He's cinema ugly, but like, I could see him being a, an, an attractive bear. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I could see I could see him getting with uh, the passport man. Uh, but uh, he's got he's quite burly. He's got two two like bodyguards, I suppose. They yeah. like, they could be like best men or whatever. But you it know, looks a bit, it looks like a shotgun wedding. It looks a bit like a shotgun wedding. I'm thinking mob marriage. Ooh. I'm thinking maybe her parents need some money. Maybe they've gone to the mob. Maybe they've they, you know they haven't been able to pay back their loans. And he's like, uh, okay, I'll, uh, I'll I'll marry your daughter. This is this is the voice he uses, nah. even though he's Greek. <laughs> I'll marry your daughter. It's not. And then the police bust in. They're like, "All right, this is a mob hideout." And he's like, "Mob hideout? Why? This is just a toilet paper warehouse." <laughs> <laughs> you swiped this toilet paper, didn't you? <laughs> toilet paper? What's a toilet paper? <laughs> Don't play dumb with me. <laughs> Why these are geese? <laughs> <laughs> this is a legitimate gentleman's business club. <laughs> Right, I feel like this should become a a regular segment. What's up with Butt Rich? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe he sells butts. Oh. Maybe he's a very famous surgeon who does butt surgery. Yeah, he could. Or I. Oh, I thought you meant like a like a Brazilian butt lift, <laughs> like like a plastic surgeon. I mean, he could be that too, or it could be like illegal organ harvesting. He marries people, then uh, they wake up in a bathtub filled with ice. Their butts are missing. <laughs> Um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I feel like every further viewing of this movie, we need to come back to Butt Rich and figure out why... Because obviously now we figured out the goat story. Of course, you know, I mean, like, I'm sure goat story will still have many, many developments in weeks to come, but Butt Rich needs some digging. Uh, and I also have a, uh, I'll mention it later when we get to the scene, whatever, about a different, uh, segment that I'd like to add to the show, but... It's gonna, it's gonna be a big surprise. And I think everyone's gonna hate it. Uh, <laughs> just, just as planned. Uh, deleted scene where Lily James is giving some serious tahini hate. Not about that life. Fuck you. He uh, probably made it himself and probably made it poorly. Uh, but no, it's definitely, <laughs> oh, okay. it's definitely delicious and definitely locally bought. Maybe she prefers Cheerios. Which, and again, I have a note on Cheerios, like, that whole bit on Cheerios is exactly how I picture, like, uh, stereotypical, like, British family, like, going on holidays to Spain or something. It's like, you know, that, like, uh, the type that goes to, like, a, uh, like a package holiday type thing Hmm. that's only serves, like, English fry up. And it's like, oh, I wouldn't try any of that fucking, like chorizo what's that like it just gives it just reeks of that kind of what's this pesto is it for humans <laughs> exactly it just reeks of that and i'm just like come on come on donna you're fucking you're in greece try the greek stuff uh, i can't also donna doesn't strike me as a cheerios type Mm. Just didn't feel right. I think she's more of a. I'm glad they cut it. I'm glad this isn't canon. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking she probably vibes more with uh, shreddies. I'm thinking more of a, a a Fruit Loops kind of gal. Oh fuck! See, my I was gonna say shreddies, and then second guess muesli, but 
You're going that's a different very route. boring. Like you're thinking that she's very default. I'm thinking she's a wild child. <laughs> Lucky Charms marshmallows only. So she's addicted to sugar. Question. Okay. Donna coming from America to Oxford. Is that not just the plot of Wild Child? Oh my god. Yeah, I guess it is. I haven't seen it. Have you not seen Oh. I feel like I should now. It is dreadful. It is like all shades of dreadful. Nick Frost is in it, Ooh, which is wild. He just shows up mid-movie. I was like, okay, cool. Owns a charity shop. Um, Strikes me as something he'd do. Yeah, but it's like all shades of dreadful. Like Zoe and I watched it last year, probably like a few months after lockdown first started. And we were, we, were, we kind of had this idea of, oh yeah, we'll watch like a, like a, like a chick, like a, a mid 2000s to early 2000s. Like, yeah, like a, a chick, like, like the ma- masterpiece core film. Uh, and it sucks. Like it's not, it was, I was like, I feel like I hated this as a kid, but it's probably not as bad as I thought. It's just as bad as I thought. From what I gather, it's like legally blondes, but, uh, <laughs> but country swapped. I need to see legally blondes. No, you don't. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, notice this week that uh, when Sam is consoling Sophie on the party, uh, being fucking wrecked, uh, they pull up a seat for Donna's portrait, which is like, so sad, like genuinely a little bit heartbreaking. Uh, I could totally see Sam setting an extra plate for Donna, as a, like every night for dinner, just like, a, oh, Donna's not hungry tonight. Oh no. Sometimes oh. Donna needs me to use the fork for her. Oh no, stop. It's so sad. It's like, oh no. Like, just the thought of actual old people that have lost their partners, like, set, like you know, accidentally setting an extra place and then be like, oh, whoops. Oh, no. this, it, that, like, genuinely destroys my heart. Um, uh, Sophie also proves that fairies are real uh, by saying uh, the fairies aren't running. In this scene. Fucking didn't realise that she hated all Celtic mythology. Mm, the fairies aren't right. <laughs> Sophie. Yeah, if she fucking set foot here, the boys would see to her. <laughs> I do love that you just call them the boys. That's what you call them. That's what the old the old people would have called them. They would have just the called boys. them the boys or the fellas. You know, the boys are out doing their work tonight. Ah, fuck. I didn't know that, actually. Uh... <laughs> okay. I actually do have a goat story. Uh, this week, the the real definitive goat story. All right, I'm not sure I believe you, but go on. And it's kind of it kind of plays into one that I think you brought up before, and maybe uh-huh. we've even said this before, but I feel like in the scene where Donna is confronted by the goat originally, and then the scene where we see her arrive back in Sam's uh, hut, hmm. I actually think those scenes take place years apart. <laughs> Years. Years. Hear me out. Okay. Uh, have you read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? Not the whole thing, okay. but I'm familiar enough with it. You're familiar with the the uh kind of fact that a lot of the story is the mo- like not sorry. Most doc- of it's flashback. Most of it's flashback, and uh, you know eventually it's revealed that uh Doctor Frankenstein has been hunting his creation mm. across the fucking globe <laughs> for years 
in like a, a, just a quest to destroy it because it has ruined his life basically because he's ruined his life he's ruined his life by creating this thing and abandoning it and like you know <laughs> its eyes are a bit weird <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah oh no this miracle that i've done looks a bit wonky <laughs> oh i better go to bed <laughs> um but i think you know if we take the goat to be dr frankenstein Adana Donna to be the creation. The, the creation. It's a similar kind of thing. And uh, spoilers for Frankenstein, the monster wins in the end. The monster gets away. I mean, you say wins. I don't think... I don't think anyone wins in that uh, story, yeah, okay. really. That's... And to be fair, the monster at the end does kind of like decide to drown itself, doesn't it? Um, It's kind of ambiguous. It kind of appears to the guy that has taken Dr. Frankenstein onto a ship and is mm. like, oh yeah, here's why I did all that shit. I blah, 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 blah. Goodbye, you may never see me again. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't call that, I wouldn't call what happens to the monster winning. I'd say yeah. that both, both he and Frankenstein kind of lose yeah. everything and I, don't really have a purpose. I suppose more so what I mean is he outruns Dr. Frankenstein and Frankenstein... And the goat outlives Donna. Amen. I'm just saying goat like Pan, uh, the Greek god, who's a satyr, who, uh, you know, that's where we get the term satyrisis from, which is, uh-huh. of course, the uh, the male equivalent of nymphomania, uh, which, of course, comes from nymphs, also Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, just saying that if in this context the goat is meant to be Donna's creator, surely that would mean that the goat is sin fuegos. Fuck. He's clearly transformed into a goat to uh, to try and reunite with his daughter. Fuck. Fuck, and that's why he's on... That's why he's come to Calicari. My God, he was there all along. He was just a goat. Oh, God. Fuck. I'm te- There's layers to this fucking movie. It's Frankenstein, it's Animal Man, it's probably Pulp Fiction. Uh, Zardoz. Zardoz. Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. What was the other one you said? Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> All of the above. All art is the same. Um, Freddy got fingered. <laughs> Amen. Um, they both have scenes with babies in them. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, the, the girl in Freddy got fingered giving birth is actually Sophie. <laughs> it's just told from Sam's perspective when Freddy got fingered. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Make of that what you will. Um... In that deleted version of uh, Knowing Me, Knowing You, the mm. alternate version, the editing is really bad. It's like, I'm getting big iMovie, like, preset vibes off mm. like, all the split screen shit. I'm glad it was... Well, it's obviously, like, you know, probably not finished. Yeah, yeah, the for sure. The color grading clearly hasn't been done. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I was just like, well, I'm glad they didn't go for the split screen shit. I mean, shit I like anyways. some of the additional dialogue and stuff. Yeah, but... for sure. Uh, but I'm glad it's kind of the way it is because we also don't have to hear Pierce browsing and there struggling well. through it. Sorry, Pierce, didn't hit it this time. Uh, uh, he that... never has, he never will. <laughs> um, the flipper that Donna sleeps on top of, like the scuba flipper, hmm. obviously cursed by Bill. <laughs> uh, as we see him holding it just before Alexio appears in an earlier scene, he kind of cradles it and kind of looks it, and then it like he kind of jolts and like drops Jeez. it. Uh, it's he's obviously. Why do you say cursed by Bill? Maybe it's just cursed. Maybe maybe it's, it's not by him. Maybe it's maybe Kurt cursed it. See, I was just thinking Bill cursed it uh, as a way of 
getting Donna into his bed. He's like, this flipper shall always return to a really uncomfortable part of the bed. I don't know. (laughs) The thing is, when he's holding it, you know, like you say, he kind of shudders and throws it down. Like it's it's cursed to not just Donna, but to him. I feel like, but that putting that kind of energy into any item is gonna send sh- shivers through your veins. You know, especially the uh, what I don't know. I forgot what I was gonna say. It's cursed, okay. One way or another, it's a cursed flipper. Ooh. Um, Alexio, the, the actor that plays Alexio, is a fucking good dancer. You see him dancing with a bit of Dancing Queen, and yeah. he kills it. Love it. Here's a note that's... Oh, God, yeah. You know which one it is. Yeah, yeah. In the party scene where we see Rosie and Bill have their kind of heart-to-heart and kind of makeup or whatever. Actual ABBA are playing in the background. We think. We think. It sounds like a pitch, like a tuned-down version of a... Was it Hasta Montaña? Is that what it was called? Something like that. Yeah. And it sounds like actual ABBA. Like, it's it's cannot confirm because it doesn't appear on any version of the soundtrack that I've checked mm. not credited to any of the cast I, but it sounds like Abba Weaven did a quick experiment pitch shifted down the original song and it sounds pretty uncanny but I think we should confirm that at some stage because next adds... time we should maybe look at the end credits and see if it's listed fucking good idea um, yeah because otherwise that's going to add a whole other layer to the Mamma Mia problem and oh god I'm not sure I'm, my brain's ready for that kind of shit uh, artifacts man artifacts <laughs> 2013 that was just in reference to this movie could take place five years after the first except it doesn't the whole movie takes place like fucking like over the course of 15 years <laughs> uh, oh and like yeah, obviously you have to account for the goat chase taking however long as well I was uh, going to say the goat story might be that uh, the goat is entirely responsible for Donna and Sam breaking up because the goat chased her back to the farmhouse, which means she oh. got back before he woke up. Oh, and then she relays that message to Bill. Mm. And so he he just thinks of it as the goat story. Hmm. Okay. And that's why Bill's like, tell him not to tell the goat story because it's kind of, you know, uh, private, yeah. Quite it's private. also not that amusing. <laughs> Kurt's got a twisted sense of humor. Um, let's see. So I have a few notes on Fernando, but first I'd like to announce that in a few weeks' time there will be a new segment added to the show. In the sound Fernando, there is a mention of uh, bugle calls, right? And uh, last night. I went and ordered myself a bugle. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I want to learn the bugle. I've wanted to learn a brass instrument for a few years, but I've never lived somewhere where I can be kind of loud. And now that I'm living here, there's kind of, uh, you know, the sesh room and shit. I can practice out there and be noisy. Uh, whereas I couldn't do that in my other uh, houses, other places of residence. But uh, so every here we go again episode there's going to be a bugle update once I've started learning the bugle just on how I'm getting on (laughs) I told you everyone would hate it I'm Um, very disappointed (laughs) why (laughs) okay (laughs) is Fernando the song pro or anti-war I just figured because there's um Lines that would indicate that, you know, these uh, memories of war are kind of traumatic. But then um, 
the chorus also states, I would do it all again, which indicates a thirst for war. Well, all people that join the military want to, want to kill people somewhat. I'm going to put out a sweeping statement. <laughs> In our opinion. Um, also, I, if, is Fernando about uh, the Spanish Civil War? I forgot to uh, fact check that, but I'm just asking you. Any idea? I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Yeah, just thought, thought it might be. That's right out there. Which also means that this uh, film has a link to Ernest Hemingway's for whom the bell tolls. Fucking hell. I mean, it's all coming together. <laughs> um, the more time that goes on, the more kind of uh, metatextual this film gets, I guess. Like the fact that uh, Pierce is obviously aware that he is playing a character called uh, Sam the Finance Ham, but throws in a little reference to his first name in, you know piercing blue eyes and kind of almost fucking winks at a camera. Apparently Fernando is about the Texas Revolution which took place from 1835 to 1836. Oh shit! Okay. Fuck. That, uh, okay. That's the when Texas wanted to kind of, uh, what's the word? Separate from the states, I guess? Or was that when they were fighting with Mexico? A rebellion of colonial colonialists from the United States and Texas Mexicans uh, putting up armed resistance to the centralist government of Mexico. Huh. The uprising was part of a larger one, namely the Mexican Federalist War. Well, there you have it. Oh, Makes sense go. that the character Fernando is from Mexico, then. Yeah, but... uh. Like I say, that took place nearly 200 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, I have some questions about Mr. Fernando's <laughs> age, yeah. Yeah. And Cher, for that matter. She seems to know what he's on about. He claims that he... She claims... He claims they were together in 1959. Mm. Their memory's clearly going in their old age. Yeah. You know, people at our time of life. Yeah, you know, you're you're on, you're just over a hundred years off, loves. <laughs> God, I mean, you know, being two hundred years young will do that to your memory, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that's assuming that they were born like around the time that it happened. Yeah. They could be eternal for a week. Maybe they're vampires. They could be vamp. I mean, like we Cher... never see Cher uh, outside of the cover of darkness. I don't think. I suppose by the church. Mm. Yeah. God damn. Maybe they're Twilight vampires. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get we'll get, we'll we'll come back to which this would explain the line. You've got glitter in your veins. You got, got it, it from, from me. <laughs> She's a Twilight vampire. I'll have that. All right. Um, just like Sherry's in real life. <laughs> in that, our opinion, all that baby blood she's drinking. What can I say? It keeps her young. Um, Hector is at. Uh, Sophie's baptism, as in when Donna is bringing Sophie to be baptized, mm. and the rest of you the say band, Hector. Do you mean Lazarus? I meant Lazarus. Fuck's sake, Sophia's son and Sophia—they're both at uh, the baptism of Sophie. Yeah. The rest of the band are outside of the church at Donnie's baptism. Huh. Yeah, and they're in their outfits from like what thirty years ago. However many years ago, like 1979, they're wearing their 79 oh, outfits. Let's see. So this film starts off 10 years after the first film, then cuts forward 15 years over the course of it. So that's that's 25 years. So uh, 
quite a, a while. A ne- while. About a hundred years, yeah. give or take. <laughs> and my final note is, I'm pretty sure the stage light that we see just before uh, Super Trooper starts is meant to tell us mm. that, yes, the whole cast is aware they're in a film. Well, the vil- of course, Pierce Brosnan becomes self-aware at the end. Yes, exactly. And I think that I do think the stage light is meant to say everyone's self-aware. So I'm going to look for more hints of people just being aware that they're in a fucking movie. Uh, not just the actors, the characters. Yeah. And that is my final note. Uh, cool. Well, I guess I'm happy to move on to the mailbag. Mailbag. <laughs> We have one very, very long question. Oh. Uh, it is from freaking Alien Alfie, uh, who says, Okay, this is a long question, so I might stretch it out to a few of these. In future, do you think you'll go on to do the Chuckle Brothers live shows, like uh, Spooky Goings On or <laughs> Indiana Chuckle? <laughs> Sorry if this is a question that's already been asked. <laughs> it's just... That I'm only on the first couple episodes of the pod, so I won't know. <laughs> Alfie, um, I'm trying to think. Have we been asked this before? I, I honestly could not tell you. The amount of questions we get in, it's difficult to keep track. Yeah, and as well, the amount that we talk about the Chuckle Brothers on this podcast. It's hard to keep track of what we have and haven't spoken about in regards to the Chuckle Brothers. Um, when I search Chuckle Brothers on Letterboxd, first thing that shows up is a page for Christopher Nolan. <laughs> of course, the, the the father of the Chuckle Brothers, hmm. Mr. Chuckle himself. Um, God, you know what? I don't know if we'll do it in the future. Maybe there'll be a Chuckle Brothers bonus episode. <laughs> um, but like I said, we've we've dug we've dug so deep with um, Chuckle Brothers lore over the last year and a half that uh, it's hard to keep track of like what we have and haven't covered on the show. Um, and of course, you know, uh, there was that whole stage where we used to call each other uh, Jack and Jack Chuckle. You know, mm. that was a whole thing we did for a while. And that, what, that lasted maybe nine months. And so there was a lot Until of stuff. Until we gave birth to our first. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of stuff in there, you know. Uh, so maybe in the future we might even uh do our own, uh, Chuckle Brothers style live show in future, uh, where we just kind of uh, carry shit back and forth and say to me to you over and over, uh, for maybe three hours straight, and it'll be sixty quid for for a ticket, and I think it'll be swell. Uh, any any further thoughts on the no I think you've summed it up frankly (laughs) cool Uh, Cool. that's our only question amazing Uh, it was a good one even if we might have been asked it before I'm not sure though so on to the Patreons yes our first patron is Mrs. H Mrs. H our second patron is Jack Kavanagh Jack Kavanagh our third and currently final patron is Sir Andy of Kinsella. Andy Kinsella. If you want to support us on Patreon.
Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash free beats out hard. That is either the word or the number three. Try both, and then once you've tried both, uh, find out which one isn't Mike Wozniak's and don't, uh, uh, donate to the one that isn't his. We need money, he can't afford pants. Uh, I only have one month of grant payments left, and then I'm gonna have to start working for a living. So yeah, give us money. Give me money, 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 give me money. And with that, anchors away. It was Harambe's fifth anniversary the other day. Can you hear the drums, Harambe? (laughs) (laughs) If I had to do the same again, I'd... Harambe. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, Funny how our entire generation can tell you the fall of civilization began with the death of a gorilla. But none of us can tell you exactly how. <laughs> how? Why? It's what happened. Yeah. Everything did just kind of slope down from there. Harambe really did give some fuel to the alt-right. Weirdly. <laughs> uh, anyways, my first uh, bugle update. This is all I could do without the instrument. He just, uh, for the audience that can't see, he just put his ass right up to the mic. <laughs> just let one rip. He's been saving that up all episode. Yeah.